and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast. This is your weekly go-to podcast where we cover all things horse racing on and off the track. And this week is going to be no different. Flat season has really kicked off now. We've had plenty of guineas trials, but there's also been racing in the news for plenty of the wrong reasons as well. We will be discussing everything in due course. But first of all, let's do a hello to the team. Brendan Duke, I'm going to start with you today. How are we? You look like you've got a frown on your face. I need you to turn that upside down, please. It's Punchestown week. It's Guinea's trials. Come on. Mm. Yes. No. 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 I. I, I think that, that, that there's a theory actually that um, uh, up to uh, up to about forty, you wear your face, and then as the, your body starts to degrade, as my, as mine has, your face wears you. So I obviously haven't smiled <laughs> enough in my first forty years, and I have this kind of uh, lugubrious look about me uh, although I, I've, I've been perfectly content uh, for, for those 40s I just haven't smiled enough so I, I'm inclined to scare small children now with the look on my face but I'm a, I'm a good form a dirty morning here but it's picking up so there's a good chance I'll be able to go to me so I am feeling quite positive okay brilliant like that uh, Kevin I can already tell you're in very cheery form I feel like this last seven days has been has been simmering down for you when we last spoke to you you were, you were ramped right up but surely you've had a quieter maybe quieter week um no but it's been less intense so <laughs> okay. we, we were always grateful for that and uh, that's definitely Brendan has definitely given us the, the word of the day there lugubrious one I wasn't familiar with if I'm brutally honest but not a surprise to anyone I'm sure looking or sounding sad or dismal lugubrious Excellent. love it love it <laughs> um TC you're never lugubrious how do you say it <laughs> lugubrious lugubrious TC well, no, you're never lugubrious is that right Brendan you tell me <laughs> I knew you'd fuck that I knew you'd fuck that up. <laughs> ah, that's I, harsh, I was 101 for that wasn't I <laughs> It was. Uh, how are you, TC? Um, incredibly hungover. My, my oh son, yes. My son played in the cup final yesterday, and I they got chin four 0 So I um I stood all the drinks at the bar. I was ordering shots, tequilas, oh. the bukas. I've just had a look online, and I, I seem to have spent five hundred and fifty quid in about two hours <laughs> in the pub. So. Wow. Okay. I went to, um, I actually went to a team chase yesterday. Have any of you raise your hand if you've ever been to a team chase? Yes. I saw one of them in the RDS actually. Uh, there's a lot uh, going on there, isn't there? Right. Yeah. And Kevin, you've raised your hand when you say a lot going on, Brendan, like I've been to point to points and, you know, local show jumping and all of that. This was like, you thought the national was chaotic. You want to go and watch one of these. My God, like, it was like a war zone, quite literally. And I've never seen anything like it. Those people are lunatics. But I saw Safa do, do. Oh my God, I can't. What is wrong with me this morning? What is wrong with me? Say the ex-Paul Nichols horse. Yeah, I saw an ex-Paul Nichols horse, yeah. Um, no, I, I actually saw a lot of ex-race horses flying around there, having the time of their lives. It was great oh, to great. see. Um, yeah, I love that. Some famous ones, some not-so-famous ones, some horses who never won on the track, literally flying around. It was great. Yeah, but, but, anyway. but, but Vanessa, were those horses asked their permission before they participated in the team chase? That's what I want to know. Yeah, no, unfortunately, there was none of that going on, and no one seemed to care either, Kev, funnily enough, <laughs> out in the sticks. Blake's anyway, scared or cocky now because Ralph Beckett's blowed smoke up his hole on Sunday, apparently. So, yeah. Rafe Beckett, big fan of Kevin Blake, our very own Kevin Blake. Let's move I'll, on. I always said he was a good judge. Yeah. Um, 
Let's talk about flat racing to start with, team, because that's been really at the forefront of the racing action this week. Guineas trials are plenty, classic trials all going on. We will start off with the fillies, please. Uh, let's go to the Fred Darling Newbury to kick things off. Um, I mean, remarkably, Brent, I'm going to come to you first for this. Rafe Beckett's filly in this. I wasn't that taken with her. I can't be having that awkward fashion. But then right. everyone else seems to think that she's got a huge engine because she won despite her awkwardness. But I, I wasn't into it myself. Um, well, I, I, I'm certainly of the two uh, uh, 1,000 guineas uh, trial winners. Uh, I, I was more impressed with uh, Mama's Girl. But uh, Remarkey obviously has a big engine. I mean, she was a bit keen early. She, she plenty green. She did a lot wrong. My main concern would be, will she know enough? I mean, as we know, it never rains in Newmarket, Vanessa, unless it does rain. But it's one of the driest places <laughs> in England. So she's likely to be facing quick conditions in Newmarket in that dip. Is she going to know? Now, she showed a bit of heart because it was a, a, a big two furlongs down there was a chance she was going to get squeezed up and she went and hit the gap so I, I think she has a bit of heart but I'd be concerned about her on faster ground and I'd be very concerned about her through the dip okay I would share those concerns with that sort of inexperienced still work in progress tag TC you're nodding away there she's currently six to one from 16s having won the Fred Darling but the aforementioned Mama's Girl is also six to one so in that at those sort of prices I mean, we'll get on to Mama's Girl, but are you interested in the Fred Darling winner at sixes? No. Um, no. I mean, obviously, you, Taylor, put the horse up the day before at 50s for the Guineas. Uh, he's obviously in a great position for there, but um, six to one wouldn't really interest me. Um, if you look at her at Salisbury as well as, as Newbury, she does, look, she does look an awkward filly. And like I said, yeah. I'd, I'd share your concerns about if it is on the quicker side of good uh, new market in two weeks. Um, that would worry me. And, and you know, the two weeks turnaround, it, it's quite, you know, it's quite bullish. I mean, with throughout the season, you know, we're always told about, oh, the two-week turnaround for horses, will it come too soon? I mean, that was, you know, that was on bad ground. And, you know, will she regress from that? I don't know. She she does look a tricky filly. Mama's girl, um, slowly unraced, good turn of foot. I'm not entirely sold on that either. But, you know, that was more visually impressive. But I had to look at the Newbury race. Um, you know, I'm just looking on the exchange. I mean, Remarque is 7.8. Stenton Glider, the neck runner-up, who is going for the race, is 36. I can't get that price differential, uh, differential at all. Uh, and I'm just trying to find out whether the fourth embrace um, is, is going to go for the race because... She ran a really good race under Jim Crowley in fourth. Um, the extra furlong will suit. And, and I can't get my head around how she's 100 to 1. So, um, you know, I was going to text Aaron Burrows, um, but uh, that's a dangerous oh. occupation these days, isn't it? So, no. Oh, I'm trying to, if, if, if I can find out Embrace is going for the race, uh, I'll be all over her 100 to 1. What what price did you say the second was, Stanton Glider? Uh, 36 on the exchange and in the... In the wider marketplace, she's 33s. I mean, she's, she's going for the race. Yeah, she's kind of continually, it seems like she's overlooked. She keeps overperforming on the track compared to her price. But we like those surprise packages, don't we, Kev? That angle in is not necessarily a bad one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be along similar lines to yourselves now. Um, Marquis clearly 
uh, loads of talent, but that God, that was a raw performance. Now, mm. like there was a there was a lot wrong there. Like she she was very green, and while the the core ability might be there, will she be able to put it down on the track? And and as TC says, just two weeks time, you know, at yeah. a track that can be challenging for those with far more experience and know how than her. Um, yeah, I think at this stage, wishing her the best of luck, but she, I, I think I'd be place laying her at the at the likely implied price there based on her wow. current win odds. Uh, I God, you'd have to, I think, you know. Um, I think she's too short. I think it's the market's overreacting in a week where the trials didn't produce anything that, um, you know, forcibly removed people's socks from their feet or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I, I think remarcated that's maybe a shade of an overreaction myself um, for all that, that, that clearly mountains of ability but can she put it down on the track like look if it wasn't the classic there's no chance Rafe would be running her back in two weeks absolutely zero chance so look he's trying to he's trying to squeeze and um, the, the square peg into the round hole here because of the classic but I'd be I'd be cautious myself yeah fair enough I mean we can move on to Mama's Girl with you Kev um, the Nell Gwynn winner another kind of surprise winner of a trial this time for Team Ammo Racing uh, obviously Richard Hannon Sean Levy in the saddle this time around and you were there on track. You've already touched upon these sort of trials not being the sort of trials that have blown anyone away. Some people very taken with Mama's Girl. Other people say the race fell into her lap, the way it was run, et cetera, et cetera. Where do you sit with her? Um, I don't want to pick at her too much, you know. Like, look, she she came in as a once-raced um, winner of a novice. And in fairness to her, like, look, she was given a lovely no-pressure ride from Sean Levy because there was no pressure on her, and he was able to stay in cover there and wait and wait and deliver late. But, like, her response was very, very strong when she did get out. And, you know, I know people were looking around for potential position and biases, pace biases. There was, you know, a gusting headwind that was there and then it wasn't there. Um, but in fairness, like, the 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 runner-up has been up there, you know, with no cover, um, disputant lead all the way and has hung in there very well. You know, Philly rated 104. Philly that I quite like actually, not as a Guineas Philly, just in general. Um, so I don't want to pick at her too much. And she's ultimately, you know, run away from them and won by nearly three lengths. So like I I, I thought this was you know much more to this now than, than Remarque for me. Um, and you know we we talk about it all the time when you get unexpected results, people don't want to believe it because they don't want to believe that they're that wrong and in, in underestimating her as they did. But um, she was far from unbacked on the day now, and I thought that I thought she was quite impressive the more I looked at it. So they're both six to one currently in the one thousand guineas market, and all of us seem to agree that Mama's Girl is the better of the two at this stage. Brendan, is that is Mama's Girl's performance one of those classic cliche? Classic cliche question coming your way right now. If mm. she was trained by someone else in different colours, e.g. Charlie Appleby and Godolphin Silks, and she put up a performance like that, would we all be waxing lyrical about Mama's Girl at this stage? Um, yeah, I, 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 I suppose we would, but then she wouldn't have gone in 28 to 1 for <laughs> the, 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 the um, race if she was um, if she was trained by Charlie Appleby. But it's not like the Hannans can't train a guineas winner. And, it, and what's it been noticeable in recent years, but now he has them bombing at the moment, in fairness with Richard Hannon, is he doesn't have, seem to have them as straight early as his dad did. He seems to give them a bit more time. So I'm going to 
give this uh, Philly the benefit that she's going to come on plenty for the run. And I mean, this was just, this was wildly impressive. I mean, I've heard all the, uh, Rafe was on yesterday. Rafe is the, the, the talk of the town on this show. And he said, oh, I know the family, which I mean, you'd have to respect. I know the family. It's all, it's all speed. I can't see her staying. I mean, are you joking me? She's absolutely burst through the line. Then people are talking about a pace bias. Kevin mentioned the second was up there all the way. The third was in the van all the way. I thought she was probably in the wrong place and then uh, people say oh track bias which is an easy one to say because in fairness there always seems to be a track bias at the Craven meeting except this year I watched it and the winners coming from all over the track this this thing it just looks a complete way I actually if we could briefly go back to Gay Kevin she looks a big strong filly uh, on the telly uh, I, I don't know if he saw her be, before the race but she looks a complete weapon to me I think she should be favoured for the race She's, um, she- there's nothing in that pedigree. Has he got the wrong family? That pedigree, there's milers in there. In fact, there's more than milers in that in that pedigree. I can't well, say. The, and she wasn't unbacked. I mean, she was 40 odd in the morning on the exchange and she was well back. She, I mean, she had a bet for SP of 19. So, you know, she, she halved in price on the exchange during the day. So, yeah. It, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't, I didn't see that yesterday, but I'm, I'm very surprised he's going down that angle. Kev, um, just answer Brendan's question there in regards to what sort of filly she looks like in the paddock. No, I didn't get a deep look at her now, to be honest. Um, there was a whole heap, there was a whole heap of them, and she wasn't the focus point before the race, for brutally yeah. honest. <laughs> That's fair enough. We like honesty. Um, let's move on to the Craven and the 2000 Guineas market. We'll kick off with the Craven and Indestructible because, of course, in the same silks, I'm racing as Mama's Girl this time around. Kevin Stott in the saddle and Indestructible now trained by Carl Burke, having been trained to a decent level by Michael O'Callaghan last year, one of those trainer switches. We know the Ammo race racing operation likes to do and indestructible is now 14 to one from a hundred to one for the 2000 guineas um tc we'll start with you here 14s for a classic is how are we looking at that trial how what are we taking away from that trial yeah it's probably a little bit on the big side i think he's about 20 on the exchange at the moment but yeah i mean I mean, Michael Call- O'Callaghan is is pretty luckless to get so many horses taken away from him, the likes of Viv- Olivier Miralda as well. So I'm not a fan of the way Ammo run their operation. They can do what they want. They, you know, they pay the bills. Um, but yeah, um, no, I thought it was very impressive. Obviously, he's got form with Chaldine last year in the, in the Acom in the Champagne Stakes. I think he was only beaten a half length by Chaldine in the Acom. Coming out and win a trial like that. The only downside is, I, I just, I, I, I just assume that Ammo Racing tell their tell their trainers get them ready first time up. We've we've seen that with the likes of Dominic French Davis with his two year olds and stuff like that. So whether or not he was that was his peak performance, uh, and he'll have to step it up again if August Rodin gets there. Then I don't know, but no, purely on that based on that performance in the two year old form. When trading islands, um, you know, twenty odd on the exchange is is too big. Okay, too big a price. Um, Kev, you were there. Do you think this was his big day in the sun, rather than sort of further down the line, or do you think he'll come? Yeah, on? I, I, I don't necessarily think so. Now he's one that I did get a good look at, and you wouldn't say he was he was fit for his life now. Um, like I think he should now. Will he step up loads? I don't know, but you'd say he would step up. Um, like, look, he's clearly had an issue or two. They did a they did a job on his on his breeding there during the off season. I don't know where along the scale in terms of severity of procedures that was because we we don't get that information, which continues to be a frustration. Um, 
but look, there was a few disappointments in behind, but he beat the Foxes, who represents, you know, a, a good, solid idea of, of where we are here. And the Foxes look fantastic, I thought. Um, so I'd be hopeful enough that he wasn't a million miles away from from his rating. And the third is a horse that I know me and TC like Dancing Magic. You know, he seemed to run a solid race as well. So I, I wouldn't be poking at this loads. It was a slightly funny race. They didn't go mental in front. I didn't think an indestructible was up there all the way. But um, yeah, look, I think Carol Burke was saying that the, as well as his breathing, there was a couple of other little things going on that he had to iron out. So um, yeah, look, Kodiaks, I know we're used to them being sprinters. Etc. But there's been a few of them in more recent years that you know get a mile and even further. You know, best solution springs to mind. So, um, yeah, could, could he win a guineas? Um, not for me personally, but um, the very best to look to him. Um, Brendan, over to you for indestructible. I'm I'm presuming you weren't as taken with him as you were with Mama's Girl. Surely not. No, no, no. Mama's Girl was uh, was definitely the, the the star of the show last week for me. But uh, yeah, no, very likable performance. He um he was inclined to be a bit keen as a two-year-old. He's a bit keen in this race, but as Kevin mentioned, they they they, they didn't go mad. He did look a more mature model. He's clearly taken a step forward from two to three, but on um, the two-year-old form with Chaldean, he had to, and I would suspect Chaldean will confirm the form in the guineas. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Well, should we move on to talk all things Chaldean related? Because, of course, we were all looking forward to the Greenham on Saturday over at Newbury. And uh, Frankie de Tory back in action last week. He's getting on Chaldean, big guineas hope, bounces out the stalls and bobbles off, Kev. Um, what, a, what a game. <laughs> what a game, I know. Things I didn't expect to see on Saturday. That was well up there as one of them. Um, should we tackle the Chaldean situation first before we move on to Isaac Shelby, the winner, who does deserve uh, proper mention? But in regards to Chaldean, where does this leave us now with him as an English 2000 Guineas hope? Like, what, what does this mean for Chaldean? Yeah, well, look, what can you take from it? You know, one thing you take from the what little we saw is his weakness in the betting. Um, like, he, he seemed quite weak and um, much of the way through. I know Tony might have been watching that a bit closer than me, but it certainly seemed that way. Um, listening to Andrew Balding earlier in the week, um, I heard he did an interview on ITV on um, Wednesday, and I came away from it thinking, right, he's not going to run Chaldean, but he did, eventually did, clearly. And sure, look, it was a mess, Frank. He was caught unawares. It was probably a, a, a soft dish on seat, but look, nobody expects that to happen, in fairness. Um and yeah, like look, it's it's far for it's far from ideal. They eventually decked him because they clearly felt that he could do it or on. Um, he hasn't got one. Um, all you know, loose doesn't count, lads. <laughs> that nine stone makes a difference. <laughs> and yeah, I, I look, he physically, you know, it's been a thing with him that he isn't over big. Um, he outperformed what you'd expect from his pedigree at two. You know, Frankel. You know they're they're much better three year olds in the in the main. I think this is this is his only colt to win a Group One race in Europe as a two year old. Um, so you just can't help but wonder is that um unexpected precocity a function of him not being over big and being that bit more physically forward than some of those he was taking on last season. That's the kind of question we would have had answered with um with a run or somewhat answered with a run on Saturday. We didn't get to see it, so. Yeah, there'll be some big old question marks um, attached to him going into the guineas. I see he's still quite a short price. 
Um, so they would be braver souls than me, I think. Um, TC, talk about um, the market moves beforehand. Was he as unfancied in there, sort of unpopular in the market beforehand as Kev is making out? And how does the picture look for him in the 2000 guineas now? Um, yeah, he was weight. I mean, the sports book were ducking him the day before. They actually went as short as 8 to 15, which was comfortably the lowest price around. And he was, he obviously, it was like 5 to 4, you know, plus uh, going into it. But that's 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 no surprise. I mean, you know, that was very testing ground. You wouldn't have thought, you know, they'd want to bottom him, you know. So again, I just made the point, it's two weeks out. I mean, have these trials always been so close together? Or is it the way the season's fallen this year? Two yeah, weeks, no, no, they, well, often are, they often are, yeah. They often are. But when the trials were in that on that testing ground, it presents a, a bigger problem. Now, mm. um, there was a, we had a couple of dif- uh, different questions on this. I don't know if we want to deal with them now about... Yeah, let's. Well, Rich Evans is the, in regards to the betting. You mean uh, TC? Uh, yeah, but about just obviously everyone, everyone just refunded stakes as a free bet. Uh, yeah. on, I'm I'm not sure that's that's the right way to go. Um, I, I made the point on Twitter, uh, and I just think people just want to want a straight bet. And I, I'm not a big fan of these justice refund calls, but you know, hard luck is hard luck's all about betting. But the, mo- the other interesting one was, um, I know Kevin's probably got theories about stalls and stuff. Um, we had a, a very good question on the stalls, whether the stalls were to blame. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can read that one out. I can indeed. That came from Tide Table has asked, TC, yeah. the one issue race- racing should get right are the starts for both National Hunt and Flat. National Hunt races, including the National, are coming in revved up from too far out, as we know. And then on the flat, stalls' refusals appear common, and even the design may have been a factor in the Chaldean unseat on Saturday. Any views? Of course, this is referencing that Chaldean stall uh, on the left-hand side of him. He had the um, you know gap, essentially, where the next stall's set of stalls joins. So there's a gap for him. He's not actually stalled next to another horse on both sides of him. Um, it is a good question. Question. It's something in regards, uh, it was discussed on Luck on Sunday yesterday as well, stalls, designs. Kev, do you have anything to, to add to, do you have anything to answer tied table with? Um, not really. Look, the, the auxiliary gate, like you'd never be, you'd never be delighted with them. You know, I know York, um, at, uh, you know, at, at great expense have now a full, a full set of stalls with no auxiliary gate for, to, for the E-bar. Um, and that's fantastic. Um, because look, you, you see it if, if you like, and I, I watch starts probably more closely than most, and you'll see the the that, that gap that the auxiliary gate um creates, you know, does does I, I believe it does impact starts. Um, horses are inclined to run into the space and be be a little bit more slowly away as a consequence. Now, was it the blame here? I don't think so. Like when you watch that back, like the impact, it, it, Chaldine didn't didn't move. You know, it was the horse beside him. That that veered. Now, if he had another horse upsides, it might have might have helped kept him straighter, maybe. But when you watch it, like I think Frankie's gone regardless. Um, so while there's a conversation there, um, I don't think it was the difference maker on this occasion myself. Okay, uh, Brendan, should we talk about the actual winner of the green? I mean, Isaac Shelby, mm. who's now seven to one from twenties for the French two thousand guineas, because it's already mm. been flagged up that he won't be heading to Newmarket. They want to avoid that because he hasn't had a good time there in the past, which mm. is understandable. Um, obviously, all the focus was on Chaldean, but are we ignoring a good winner of the Greenham? 
Yeah, well, I mean, he certainly was a good winner and he proved himself a ground versatile sort. And we we, we know he has plenty of heart uh, from uh, winning that close finish at the July meeting uh, last year. Obviously, a, a, a bad experience on, on, on the Rowley Mile. Um, yes, I mean, he, he was a very good winner. I'm not sure how, how strong the horses were in behind him. Uh, but then again, I'm not sure how strong the, the French three-year-olds are going to be this season. Aiden will have something for the race, of course. Um, but I can't think of anything obvious off the, t- off the top of my head, assuming he sends the the, the big bear and August Rodin for uh, Newmarket. Uh, so he, he definitely have a chance there. But um, I, I, I'd struggle to t- tell you whether seven to one sounds like a fair bet because I don't know what's going to run in the race. Fair. And what's your view, just briefly, on Chaldine in terms of his performance and where that leaves him as a 2000 Guineas hope? Well, it's frustrating. They clearly wanted to to to, to get a trial in, um, and he, I mean, he got he got some exercise, I suppose, but uh, oh. he probably he probably get more at, at at home in the morning. I mean, I really like Chaldine. I love the way that when. Isaac Shelby went past me, had a little go at him or what have you. He clearly loves racing this horse. Uh-huh. I didn't actually, I didn't actually know that he he wasn't all that big. I just assume all the Frankels are, are monsters. So it's interesting that um he he's not particularly big, but he's he's a lot of heart. We saw the form get boosted in the Crave, and it's it's really strong form. And I'd say he's still a massive runner in the race. Okay, yeah, everything. Everyone comments on Chaldine's size. It seems to be the go-to thing, and he doesn't seem to be the flashiest worker at home. So he's kind of, uh, just, yeah, just a just a funny one with Esther because you, you you will like I have seen people make this make this comment, you know, being serious. So Go on. I, I just, it's it just always it, it, it's always excuse <laughs> me. Um, like the, they they look at a loose horse like Sheldon there and try to take something from it. Um, you know, like how to, how to perform quite loose like, but it's just, I, really? I just think it's, it's worth contextualizing. Yeah, I, think that before. I think Tom Segal took a positive about of a horse running loose for a lot of the race before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's something. But I, I just I, I just quickly got my calculator out there. He was due to carry nine stone too. He would have, he would have, um, you know, I don't know how much dead weight involved there. But for, for argument's sake, if he was carrying nine stone, right, and using the the two and a half pounds per length scale for for a mile, like you're talking about fifty lengths, that's worth. Um. Oh. So yeah. So. Maybe. I know. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to say. I was just saying he has. Oh, oh I know. No, that that wasn't directly to you, Brendan. Now, because like, like Tony says, I knew someone had said it recently, and yeah, that was the one. I was. I was that was in the back of my head. Yeah, <laughs> he does, has a bit of the alpha male about him, though, doesn't he, Chaldean? There's no doubt about that. He does. He, 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 he certainly got a lot of heart. I told you, jockeys are, are just overrated. Look, didn't have yeah. a jockey on and still nearly won the race. <laughs> um. Shall we cover a few of the other performances from Newbury first, I think? Um, the monkey that is Grand Alliance won the John Porter and is now 10-1 to from 20s for the Yorkshire Cup. Noteworthy, TC, uh, Charlie Fellows is having a good start to the turf season, isn't he? Going better than I think his previous season start was anyway. Um, hadn't noticed, really. But it, was a, it, was a, it was a strange old race, wasn't it? Um, Grand Alliance, obviously... Threw away the King Edward the seventh stakes, but you know, he's got him on the straight and narrow fine. But I don't know how they managed to price up these kind of races because I wouldn't have a clue what's going to run in the Yorkshire Cup. But uh, no, he's like I said, he's he was gelded um, after uh, the middle of last season. He ran okay the next time up, and obviously that was a good performance. But 
beating Farhan with so many offensive horses um, disappointing. I'm not sure what, what, what the form actually reads going forward. Uh, Brendan, obviously the focus point of that race was the Appleby horse in Hurricane Lane, who obviously disappointed finishing last. I think ground was given as, a, as an excuse for that performance was a bit odd, given that we know he's acted on soft ground in the past. I think they're on a bit of a, it'll be a training performance to get that horse back, I feel now, to somewhere near his best, won't it? It feels like yeah. he's gone the wrong way entirely now. Well, this this is it. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's had a few problems. I mean, the, well, the, the, the comeback last year, I suppose, no, he was he was 8 to 11. So for anyone who backed him, it was a shocking run. But in, in context, I suppose, getting beaten four lengths by, by Broom, it might have given them something to work for. Then he's gone and got stuffed in, in, in Saint Cloud. Now he's come back. And he's run no sort of race here. Here, as you say, these the, these comments post race uh, to the stewards, they're, they're nearly pointless, aren't they? Just say something. Oh, the ground was soft, but it must have been the soft ground. So, just uh, yeah, a complete a complete waste of time. Um, he does. He he appears to have gone the wrong way. Albeit, I'm I'm only basing that on two, maybe two and a, two and a half runs. But you, you you would have to be very concerned. I mean, ran a massive ran a massive race in the arc. Want to say Ledger? He was a proper horse, but. I mean, would one more run that they, they'd nearly be tempted to retire him. I know they can't do anything with him in in in, in terms of a stallion at that time, but there mm. wouldn't be much point in persevering if he put in another lackluster effort, in my opinion. He was he was very weak in the market, even with the non-runner Israel in the race. You know, he was odds on across the board on on Friday, and he went off he went off six to four, and I think he was about seven to four on Betfair as well. So he was very weak in the market. And just another side note to the race. Did I read somewhere that Mojo Star might be retired now as well on the back? I, he was, he yeah. was lame he, after. He has an injury right? anyway. Yeah, yeah. And he he hasn't been easy. You know, it's the it's the old like, and he's <clears throat> it's it's an example of the old adage, isn't it? Big horse, big problem, because he's a he's a big big boy, and they've clearly had um had shocking trouble keeping him right, which is a pity because as we saw at Ascot last year, um, like he he's he's a very very good horse when he's right. Absolutely, yeah, a shame, and and hopefully they can, you know, get him to a point that he can enjoy a happy retirement. But it sounded like it was going to go that way for Mojo Star. Uh, should we talk two-year-olds team, two-year-olds on both sides, Irish and English? Um, we will kick off with River Tiber, who won first time up at Navan for Aidan O'Brien, Team Coolmore, and I was alarmed, I think, when I was reading the running order and Barry had written down that he's now seven to two for the Coventry. I thought, really? Like, that seems very short, but apparently he was introduced at eight and he was back down to seven to two. Um, Kev, do you concur my thoughts that that seems uh, short at this very early stage with a horse like him or were you that taken with him? Um, there's no doubt it is early, but, but he was pretty impressive <laughs> in fairness to him. Um, like, like wouldn't Bassett like wouldn't really be known for for early two year olds. Like he wouldn't really be known for uh, for two year olds full stop. Like like Al Riffa was his first call to win a Group One as a two year old last season. Um, and for this fella to be doing this in April, um, is pretty impressive. Um, now look, you know you 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 have to be guided by things other than the form book in in many cases here because we didn't have a whole lot of evidence on paper. But um, like he he streaked away. It, it seemed to be very much expected. And 
Yeah, I, tip the with the way Body Doyle have been working with their two year olds the last few years. I, if he is a Coventry horse, I'd be expecting him to have one or maybe even two runs before that. Um, so it'd be fascinating to see. Maybe maybe one will be enough for him. But um, looking forward to seeing him again in, in deeper company with a bit more um context and form surrounding him. But I'd say wherever he goes, Vanessa, he's going to be going half fab because that was very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've been you've spoken on this podcast before about first time out winners from Aidan O'Brien's yard and how people latch onto them, but often then you know it doesn't always work out that just because they were in first time out and in, in impressive style, they go on to be the superstars that people are expecting. Um, look, this like anything. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Look, this is one of those that. Um, but one thing you'd say is that very, very few of them would win my ten lengths first time. Over, you know, any, uh, you know, five and three, five point six furlongs, whatever it is, five point seven. Um, that 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 was very impressive. So yeah, he's going to have a lot of focus on him wherever he goes. Just just a quick note, uh, to that race. I I know I spoke to Ryan obviously before that, before that, and um, they had two wooden bats, his Colts in the race. Um, and he just said, look, they're they're both really good Colts, and I would have ridden both of them, and that's not the normal run of the real spiel. We just said they are two things. So keep an eye out for unquestionable, um, who a lot wouldn't bet that got pulled out on the day uh, because of an allergy, apparently. Um mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that. Because if, if he thought there was little between River Tiber and Unquestionable, uh, that might be one to flag up going forwards. Yeah, and I, th- I think they only have like a, a handful of wooden bassets and Bally Doyle this year, two year olds. Um because like his his current two year olds would be from his last French crop. Um, before Coolmore bought him, and, and I don't think they've many. I think there's only a handful. Um, whereas next year, you'd imagine there'll be there'll be a huge amount with, with yeah. that first Coolmore crop crop coming through. Interesting intel from TC there, uh, Brendan. Obviously, I mean, like Kevin's touched upon, he bolted up. But um, do you think seven to two is short for the Coventry? Well, if, I mean, you would expect that there's going to be probably a full, well, say, let's go over under 20 runners in the Coventry. So there's going to be a lot of horses coming there with unexposed profiles. Mm. I mean, you're going to expect it to be something like three to one the field. So I, there's no way I'd, I'd be taking seven to two now. I would guess there's a there's a meeting um, in, in in the middle of May in Nace where there's a Phillies yeah. uh, stakes race. And there's, there's a race for Colts that day as well, isn't there? Um, yeah, as far, yeah, as far as I remember. So I imagine, I imagine he'll go there. I imagine he'll win at a short price. But um, yeah, whether he can be, he can be much shorter than seven to two. But um, I can't add much to it. Well, I can. Of course, I was there. So Tony would be interested in my um, paddock observations. Uh, it turns out that the uh, a horse who costs five hundred thousand is a very impressive physical specimen. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he stood, he stood all over them in the in the in the ring. He travelled really well in the race. Was arguably a little bit too keen early, but um, Brian managed to to get him settled. And you don't see horses come up the hill and nabbing like that very often. There's no doubt it was a wildly impressive performance. Some um, just a, just a quick uh, some bookmakers have priced it up for the Norfolk, and uh, I had a look at the the favourite for the Norcus, uh, the Norfolk, and I just thought I've never heard of that horse, and it was American Rascal, the. Um, the son of um, Lady Aurelia. Oh, Aurelia. Lady Aurelia. Oh, yeah, 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 that was impressive. Uh, yeah. Obviously, everyone's going to be creaming themselves over that for the next couple of months when Wesley comes over on his Royal Ascot tour. We love Wesley. You know that, TC, in the press department. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, just in terms of where he's going to go, like I'd say um, there is a conditions race at Nace there on the 6th of May, winners have won. 
Um, that could be an option. And there's also the might come a shade soon, but the Marble Hill is there at the Curra, um at the end of May. So it'd be, it'd be, I'd say one or the other, if I had to guess. And I, I'd say the Curra would probably be the Fav, but sure, we'll wait and see. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important halftime break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Okay, quick mention to a couple of other two-year-olds we saw. Sergeant Wilco won for the Kevin Ryan team. Is it being introduced for the commentary at 25 to 1? Dapper Valley for the Hannon team has been introduced for the same race at 14. So these two-year-olds coming out of the woodwork now. Um going to go through all three of you in terms of anything more you want to add. Eve Johnson Horton's had two two-year-old winners already with her first runners. So plenty of trainers with some precocious types, Kev. But is there anything else you want to mention? that's impressed you other than the obvious in River Tiber, obviously. Um, I'd give Dapper Valley a nudge. I thought he was very good. Richard Hannon, again, um, seemed fancied up against uh, an ammo horse of Dominic French Davis's that seemed particularly well fancied. And we know how how ready they tend to be. And um, despite not looking to finish the article, I, I was quite impressed with him, though. I thought he did it really well. Yeah, like you say, he went off the sort of price that suggests they knew they had something at home to work with. Be intrigued to see how he goes. Over to you, TC, on the two-year-old front. Uh, very, no two-year-olds, but uh, Gavi E. Rosebud's military order. And we should also mention Emily Dickinson is now the favourite for the Gold Cup after yeah. on Saturday. Do you want to cover that now? We were coming to that after our two-year-old section, but you can. do you want to add anything more? Obviously, Kiprios out of that division. We've got to kick on to the subjects. Oh, okay. All right, we're kicking on. Brendan, over to you for two-year-olds then. Anything else to add? Oh, yeah, well, you have to be very taken with, with Dapper Valley. Dandy Man's just a proper stallion, isn't he? I'm assuming, again, that being a hand and horse, he wasn't wound up first time. The right horses were second and third. Such an exciting time. I'm so bad with names, but the horse who won the opening two-year-old maiden of the year in the Curra and the horse that, Kempton, uh, that Kevin mentioned in dispatches uh, that won down in Cork, listeners will have to look them up. It's just such an exciting time with all these two-year-olds coming out. Agreed. I agree. Right. Let's move on to topics, news topics then. Uh, TC, we will come over to you first and foremost for the Bet365 case uh, with a man called John Howard, who's been given five years in prison. Uh, he's been convicted of conspiracy to commit fraud by false representation against the online gambling company Bet365. He essentially set up a thousand, over a thousand online betting accounts in other people's names and used that to receive £236,000 plus, essentially, in bonuses, etc., using these accounts fraudulently. And he's being caught out in an investigation that started back in 2018. What can you expand on this for us? Um, probably not for legal reasons. I, I, did have a chat with, <laughs> I did have a chat with somebody about this um, yesterday, and he did get cleared of uh, money laundering. We should, we should point that out. That is, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. If, if he didn't get clear of the money laundering, they would have given him the electric chair and say, would they? Uh, but it's, it's kind of, I, I think there's a bit more to it. Um, well, I, it has I, to be. I, I heard, well, I'll say it anyway. Uh, he's doing five years, so if he's coming after me, 
at least I've got five years grace. I might not be a lot. <laughs> um, I, no, I was told. Um, I was told there might be an element to this about um, if he's using other people's names, maybe claiming the money back from uh, you know getting the people to claim the money back, saying, "Well, this is money come out of my account. It was nothing to do with me." Allegedly. So I think there that might be to it. For him to get five years, something must be a lot bigger there. I mean, they raided his place. You know, yeah. they, 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 what was it, 177 SIM cards? They yeah, got. yeah. It's, kind of, it's absolutely bizarre, but um, I, don't, I don't know. But apparently I spoke to Neil Channing about this, and he said, oh, this is very small. He said, hold my beer. Well, you know, wait till they catch up with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, mean, be warming, they'll be warming up the electric chair for coming <laughs> at uh, <laughs> When I was chatting to him last week, he, he was actually leaving the country. So I just thought, <laughs> I, I just, maybe the two things were related. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this, um, as far as I think this, he, he started out, John Howard, back in 2008, I think it said in the report. So, 2000, so it's 10 years to 2018 when this investigation started and ongoing after that, Brendan. And he's reaped rewards of £236,000. I'm not being funny, but he's he's not he's not living by the adage of work hard and not smarter. He's working stupid and he's it's bad, bad, bad maths by him. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, Vanessa. I mean, for, for 99 red balloons and 177 SIM cards, it's an awful lot of work. It's an awful lot of work for the, for the old flu. would probably be glad of five years just to get a rest. Now, as, as, Tony, as Tony says, there may be more to it than that because there was a bank mentioned. And then you also hear about, again, I don't know how true this is, but accounts being bought and sold. Uh, on, online for, for for clean accounts so there, there could be a lot going on here but on the, the basis that he was he wouldn't have even been making 20 grand a year because you have to assume the people who gave him his details were getting a cut of this as well so he was it, it was really for small beer and he must have had so much like I, I'd occasionally put on bets for people or get people to put on for bets for me and it's enough to be thinking about that to be doing hundreds of them a year uh, I feel like he is uh, I feel like he's a bit of a criminal mastermind, but as you say, he can't be because he's not getting paid enough to be a criminal mastermind. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I think I'm on the same wavelength. Kev, do you have anything more to add before we move on to a couple of other important issues? Um, no, other than that, you'd hope there was much, 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 much more to this than we've been told because five years in prison, is, is that really a joke? And uh, Jesus, there's lads do some pretty horrific things. Um, and don't get the colour of that. So let's hope um, for the, the sake of the justice system that there is way more to it than this. Yeah, yeah be, be, because... A bit. We're reading that story. Well, yeah, because <laughs> fair enough. Sorry, Vanessa. Breaching terms and conditions isn't fraud. Or is a fraud? I mean, it's, it's hard enough to bring the two of those together. Maybe if you breach to terms and conditions a thousand times, it's fraud. Is that, was that the way they were thinking? You're putting bets on other people. The law will be on your ass, Brendan. You, what yeah, out, Brendan? Just admit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you and have to I'm be careful. Pretty, I'm too pretty for prison, Vanessa. I wouldn't ask <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with that statement, Brendan. I would agree yeah, with that. You're um, lugubrious. You, you, you'd be fine in prison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on, guys. Let's keep the show going. Um, ITV's decision to not show any of the animal rising protests at air this weekend, obviously on a s smaller 
lesser scale than what we saw at Aintree last weekend, but they were there apparently at air, but we didn't get it covered in the media or see shots of it, courtesy of the decision by ITV. Um, Kevin, obviously, you know, you work with ITV, we know that, but do you think that was the right thing to do to ignore this situation where possible now going forwards? Yeah, no, I'd be with that. Um, look, Aintree, I know it wasn't a complete surprise, but look, it was such a big news story that and it was hard to avoid it. But look, in a case like this, handful of, you know, from what I could see, teenagers and and a couple of owl boys making a nuisance of themselves, trespassing. Um, no, don't give any oxygen. Um, you know, much like, you know, there is a wider policy, you know, in, in other sports that if they get streakers on, they, they just don't show them. Because ultimately, that's what they're after. They're after attention. They're out, in this case, it's their you know PR stunts is what they're what they're after. So, um, don't give them any attention. And um, I suspect they'll go away anyway. But I think they'll go away faster if um, if we don't give them oxygen and don't give them attention. You youngsters have probably never heard of Erica Rowe, have you? Am I a youngster in this discussion? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. she she was famous and she um, she uh, she uh, streaked at Twickenham, I think, in seventy seven. She, oh, that rings a bell. He was absolutely <laughs> famous for, for years afterwards. Excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> but no, just, just very quickly, I know we've got to move on. Just very quick. I think we're on dangerous ground if we are selecting what to you know, what to cover. I mean, this incident might have just been best parked away. But someone told me on uh, Nick Luck yesterday that they didn't mention the uh, the deaths of Mighty Thunder and uh, Oscar Elite. And... Um, I think it's a dangerous path to go down if we are shying away from that side of our sport. But in this incident, I mean, I haven't really got a, a firm view because, it, like I said, it didn't really register that there was any problems for me. Yeah, no, not if you're not at air or not covering it, I'm with you, TC. It didn't really register uh, until after the event when obviously it was reported on social media. Um, Brendan, should we talk about Pat Cosgrave? He had a shocker, mm. didn't he? Let's be honest. Um, Barry, yeah. Betfair Barry, Barry Orr put in our running order. Pat Cosgrave crashes a Concorde, which was, mm. you know, I think probably a good description uh, for anyone who hasn't seen this, but you won't have missed it. Pat Cosgrave got 28 days. Um, a 28-day ban for essentially easing up on a winner at Chelmsford. Concord was the name of the horse, and he got collared on the line by a horse on his inside. Brendan, are you forgiving of this sort of mistake? He's come out, he's held his hands up, but at the end of the day, people lost money, and that's not fair. No, very much so. And six is on. You'd imagine the people, well, a good percentage of the people that backed them had had serious stakes on. And um, my sympathies go out to them. But I'm always, I mean, this happens every so often. And they've obviously decided that 28 days is the max because, uh, I mean, as, as Kevin has observed, you know, you have the the, the scales of, of justice. You have you have to weigh everything. So, uh, uh, and again, when this comes out, people say, well, he should get a year which is, okay, if, if someone got a year, there's no doubt that it would never happen again. I can, I, I can totally see that argument. But it's not, I mean, to deny a man his livelihood for a year, like that's a, that's a savage sanction. I mean, he's, he's had to, he's, he's come out, he's, he's, he's apologised um, as, as well he should, granted. Um, he's, it's a very embarrassing situation for him. But I feel like 28 days is 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 about right. I mean, it's it's still a month out of his year. Um, and I mean, what do you do? Um, I saw Dave, David Jennings writing and he, and he said, well, 
for the lads who do it and hang on by a head, they have to get a ban as well. But I think that's that's a bit tricky. I mean, I don't know why jockeys do this. I mean, do they really think that the handicappers can't see what's going on and they're not going to just guesstimate what they could have done? The thing about a guesstimate is they could guesstimate too high or too low, granted, but it's a bit of a zero-sum game. But I'm reminded of King's Coast ride in the in the Derby last year on, on Desert Crown. So when, when he went, he won that race about two furlongs out. He realised he's won it in half a furlong. Just a, an unbelievable performance. But was what I thought was nearly more impressive from King's Coast, I don't even know if he'd ridden a Group 1 winner at that time. He certainly hadn't ridden a, in anything the calibre of the Derby. And he just geared him down the whole way home. It's such a ridiculously composed ride. And I think he should get credit for that. Now, ultimately, the horse uh, had, had, a, had a knock and uh, it couldn't run on. But he, if he had gone forward, he gave him as easy a time as possible to win the derby. Now, there is a skill in that. So do you do you then say, well, OK, you should have ridden that horse out to the line. You should have won the derby by eight, ten lengths or, or what have you. So we're giving you a ban. I don't, I, I, I don't think that there, there is craft in being a jockey as well. I kind of find it, this is a very long-winded way of saying, I think 28 days is about right. And... Unfortunately, we're just going to have to suck it up and it's probably going to happen in six months time and then six months time. But I'm not sure there's much you can do about it. OK, fair comment. TC, you were grinning away at the start of that answer. No, it's we'll come on to a related topic next. I mean, 28 days is, I mean, it's going to cost you more than eight grand and that figure will come on to in a moment. So I think the 28 day ban is fine. Um, in this instance, there was no logic to why he did gear down like that because the horse had won three days previously and was going to get a rocket up the handicap. It's just, um, yeah, they, we had a loads of questions in on this one I asked about, all from various angles, but might be best to deal with the one from Ryan Turner now, which I thought was really interesting because while you pull that up, the, the actual steward's report on this was just really belt and braces. Should have won the race, 28 days. And But Ryan Turner made a very good point is, are jockeys in these instances riding to instructions? And if so, should there be sanctions about the tra- uh, the trainer giving these instructions? Yeah, it is a good question because, like he says, Ryan Turner, yeah, it says, it is odd that the stewards didn't hold an inquiry into the instructions <clears throat> given to Concord. If the instruction to Pat was, don't win by far, then doesn't the trainer hold partial blame for what happened to this bit of a grey area, Kev? We might as well cover this question whilst we're here. Yeah, no, look, the, if the jockey, if the trainer tells you to win and you don't win, you know, you haven't carried out his instructions. You know, I know what he, I know what our correspondent is saying, but, you know, the, once the jockey's on board, he's got his job to do. And look, Pat had his hands up here. He deserved the maximum punishment. It was a bad case of this type of thing. Um, and he deserved the max, and I'm sure he'll, he'll have no great complaints. Um, really unfortunate, you, you'd feel for him. Um, but look, this, this sort of thing just just can't be happening. Um, mm. It can't. Um, there, no one's fooling anyone. We, you know, it's may, maybe you know, 30 years ago, you know, you, you might have had some chance, but now, no, you know, just just go and win the race. Don't don't maybe don't maybe I know I, I almost said don't go and win about 10 lengths, but but you know what I mean. There are. There are acceptable levels of risk um, in something like this. And yeah, Pat, Pat just fell afoul there, didn't he? Yeah, the, the horse is actually fives on at Pontefract today, actually. So I wouldn't <laughs> imagine Ben Curtis is going to be too cheeky chappy on that horse today. No. Back the overs on that horse today, I think. Um, TC, you've already mentioned it. So let's move on to Robin Brisland. 
and uh, his £8,000 fine he's got for the BHA, from the BHA, sorry, after a case gone through that revealed this toxic culture in his yard that included intimidating, belittling and contributed to serious injuries. This is a case that some pretty harrowing details came out about this, revealing details of a, a girl riding a horse. She had an accident, uh, an, an injury to her jaw. She then wasn't taken to hospital by anyone in management. She was asked to ride the same horse later when she came back to work. Um, another accident happened and she re-injured her jaw. I mean, pretty pretty disturbing content in this case. Uh, we'll come to you first, TC, on this one. Yeah. And an £8,000 fine, which a lot of people have basically, let's just say, have come out and said is, isn't enough for this sort of case. No, well, it, it plainly isn't. Um, there was some kind of plea arrangement, wasn't there? So we haven't got the full details, but what details we... If they're worse than the ones we've already got, it's a very, very sorry saga, isn't it? I mean, like... Pat Cosgrave is he's out for 28 days. I know it was a bad instance and he shouldn't have done it, but it was a it was a mistake. You know, there was, you know, all people were just saying, oh, it was a bent race and you're trying to get a sixes on shot B. But yeah, but yeah, 28 days, that's probably eight grand, isn't it? I mean, I, I would say ballpark figure. Um, Brisbane gets eight grand for absolutely shocking stuff like this. I imagine he only probably didn't lose his license because it would affect, you know, his horses his trainers his owners and his other staff if he's got any left after this i mean you know this you know he's he was on itv not so long ago he had the winners of brockles but he's had a couple of winners since it's absolutely shocking how he got away with eight grand fine and i think one of his assistants got a lesser fine as well for mm. for intimidating language and stuff like that. i mean the, the the girl with the the girl that you know who's kind of like had injured her jaw and stuff like that it's it's just absolutely shocking. Eight grand is is criminally, you know, uh, light, isn't it? Surely. Kev, I mean, in a time where racing, it goes kind of untalked about, but generally I think it can be safe to say there's a bit of a staffing crisis in racing and stud work up and down the country over here. People can't get the staff. People don't want to work outside anymore, work in yards with horses, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this sort of story would quickly put you off if you were thinking about coming into the horse racing game. It's actually terrifying. Yeah, fully agree. Um, terrible case. No justifying it partially or otherwise and like you say like the I would dare say one of the biggest problems we have um, in this business in the UK and Ireland is staff getting staff enough of them enough a high enough quality retaining them like it's really really challenging you know I'm, I'm in that space now I, I employ a couple of people here and, and it's and it's bloody hard um, and to have something like this you know is com- completely unacceptable um, I'd agree um, I think Robin has got off very very lightly um and and look we we have to be better we have to be better this has to be a more attractive job for people to do standards have to be better hours have to be better look i know everyone's on the pump and most of these businesses are run on a fine margin but you know we we, we have to get better because we we don't have enough people to do, to do the work um these are high maintenance animals that require highly skilled people and an awful lot of people are, are leaving the game to go do a nine to five or to get their weekends off and holidays, et cetera. And stuff like this just just does not help. And I don't know personally um, without being, you know, without having been there and listen to the evidence and the details of the, the plea agreement, et cetera. 
this doesn't seem to represent a, a, a big enough deterrent for for what it was, in my view. No, for what it seemed think... to be, for what I seem to be, based on what we've been told, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I think that seems to be the general opinion across the board, Brendan. Just the last word to you on this. I mean, when we talk about staffing crisis, I only heard. I heard only just this week about a trainer who literally doesn't have the staff to ride out the horses. So mm. they're on the treadmill five days a week and they only get ridden out twice a week. I was right. shocked to my core about that. Now, maybe that's just a bad time and a bad situation with one trainer. Don't yeah. want to go into that, but referencing back to the Robin Brisland situation. I mean, intimidation, belittlement and serious injuries like we live in 2023. No one should be going to work and having to face any of those, let alone all three of them and more. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, I couldn't. I wonder, has he heard the last list? So he's got an eight grand point for the BHA. But I mean, you, I guess there could be cases going to employment commissions as well. As you mentioned, employee rights are quite rightly very strong in the UK and, and Ireland. So he might not heard the last list. And it just seems so self-defeating. I mean, I was asking you before, there are many racing yards in Hampshire. It, it, and there are, it turns out. So these people could, can just leave to go to a better environment where when the likes of Aidan and Gordon come on and they say and they talk about their staff, it's not just a, a cliche. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Like, he, again, you hear these things on the racetrack and we, 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 we have to be careful what we hear. But it makes complete sense that uh, Bally Doyle and Coolmore own a lot of the houses around uh, where their operations are, and they give the staff a preferential rate to, to, to rent a house or what have you. That's how important it is for them to get staff and keep staff. And, they, and, and, and one of the reasons, not the only reason, I mean, they, they, the best pedigrees and money or what have you, but they know how valuable staff are. And Brisbane just... It just seems to be self self defeating here, um, and he's cost himself self the eight grand. But you'd imagine he's cost himself some staff. Um, and I was very sorry to hear as well because whatever about employee rights, what have you seen? Teenagers, they might know what their rights are, and it's it, 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 it was a sorry saga, no doubt about it, a sorry saga. Absolutely. And you say there about, you know, they can just leave and go work at another local yard or somewhere within the vicinity, but you know. If you're young, you're feeling intimidated, you're feeling belittled. Someone said yeah. you don't know what's been said. You know, maybe they didn't feel that they could leave. And that's, you know, not a, hor a horrible situation to be in. So we move on, though, uh, because, TC, before we get to questions, can you talk to me about all things gambling white paper, which is due finally, apparently this Thursday at 7 a.m., followed by questions in the House of Commons. Um, what are we expecting from this long-awaited white paper? And in, in sort of layman's terms, for anyone who's lost track of this, uh, can, can you provide some clarity here about what this means and what we should expect from Thursday? No, no. Right. Um, okay, well, that was good. It's, it's, this is just the start of a very long road. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be finding out whether, you know, Bookmakers are being mandated to you know, introduce affordability checks. There's been some doubt about whether they whether they've kind of like been briefed to do so already. Uh, like I said, but this is everyone's everyone's thinking. If you're thinking there's going to be any finality on Thursday, uh, then you're wrong. It, it, like I said, it's just a just a basically it's going to be a discussion document going forward. There are going to be votes on it. Uh, so I think we'll be months and years down the line. So, but hopefully we'll get more clarity about what uh, you know what what the situation is and how government view gambling and uh, the need to pro to protect punters, etc. But uh, no, I don't think there's going to be uh, I don't think there's going to be much clarity. Okay, 
Fair enough then. Um, we will wait with interest for Thursday. Uh, should we move on to question time? Is everyone ready for question time? I think so. Brendan's looking keen, chomping at the bit. Uh, the first that. one is coming Kevin Blake's way because it is in regards to stand-up for racing. This is from Out of the Handicap who tweeted to Tony. Uh, thank you as always, by the way, to our questions. Obviously, we got plenty in on not only the white paper, but Pat Cosgrave, etc., etc. So hopefully we've covered a few of the topics. But this one, from Out of the handicap kev uh interested to hear stand up for racing's plans to reach an audience other than racing fans clearly need to target those who aren't avid racing fans how do they plan to do this i i mean i read this question but correct me if i'm wrong but you're not the new marketing tool for horse racing no but look the, the aim is to is to educate and inform and represent okay. Yeah, and represent the business in the right way in the sport. And sure, look, a lot of it is going to be facing um, non-racing people. You know, the what little we've seen from the group so far, you know, it was all mainstream, you know, in terms of the media representation side of the thing and, and getting and um, getting the facts out there onto these mainstream shows, you know, that, that's reaching a whole bunch of non-racing people. And look, as the as the thing progresses and hopefully the, the website is built and acts as an information resource, you know, that'll be accessible to everyone. And it'll be a tool for everyone within racing to um, inform people outside of their bubble if uh, questions arise, etc., and to get uh, to get the facts out there. Because as as we keep mentioning, we um we we have very little to hide in this game. And once we accumulate the information and give everyone the the right um tools, you know, I think we we can all act as as very good ambassadors for the game uh, to those around us. Okay. Uh, Go Connor has asked, this one's coming your way, Brendan Duke, so prick your ears, please. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sunday is a classic example of why Sundays are a disaster. Surely Navin's card should have been on Sunday, not Saturday, as it was. The move in recent years to put more Irish cards on Saturday, no focus on them on racing TV, off work today and two rubbish jumps cards on. It's not good enough. Uh, sorry, what was our correspondent's name again, Vanessa? Apologies. Uh, his that. Twitter handle is Go Connor. Ah, Connor, Connor. Well, it's a little bit of a balancing act. I agree with you. Uh, Sunday was a bit of a wasteland, but uh, it ties in actually with our conversation earlier about staff. Uh, Irish Racing have a, a policy to give uh, so have certain free Sundays um, every. I think there's three or four of them. Uh, I, th- I think there's six. Oh, so six, six great. In total. So, yeah, it's, it's so, gone up. So, it's gone up and up the last few years. Uh, okay, so I mean, it's it, it's not ideal for for racegoers. I I do love uh, going racing on a Sunday, but I'm very conscious of the people who work in racing and how important they are, and that they have families as well, and that might like to do something. Uh, whatever people do on a Sunday when they don't go racing, apparently they go to markets. I think my my brother was saying he said you should go to this market. I just watch the snooker instead. But anyway, whatever you want to do on a Sunday, uh, it's absolutely <laughs> fine, and I've no problem with that. And also this. This actually works quite well now because NACE is on today. And for people who are coming over from for, for Punchestown from England, they'd be arriving, say, this afternoon or what have you. They can go to NACE this evening and that rolls into Punchestown. So I think they picked a very good weekend to do it. But I I, I, I totally have, have sympathy uh, uh, for, for Connor's position. It, it was grim stuff yesterday. If you're going to NACE, I want your paddock observations on my book. Uh, Thank you very uh, much. Th- 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 thank you very I'm going to unload. <laughs> yeah, the blank, blank, blank Sundays are the closest thing that we in racing actually get to something like a bank holiday. So, 
I'm, I'm here for the blank Sundays. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't know that about you having six and that number going up. Interesting. Um, I think we've actually pretty much covered the rest of the questions, TC, because Ryan Turner asked the one about Concord, which we've discussed. Rich Evans asked the one about goodwill gestures from betting companies in regards to Chaldean and Frankie, which I think we've covered as well, a little bit anyway. And Ty Table has asked about the starts of national hunt races and flat races in regards to the stalls and the Chaldean incident. So I think we've rattled through most of the questions. Answer, we've got, I think there's about 20 odd more questions, but I'll answer them on Twitter. Probably I'll get round to it. Um, Great. We I'll love to that on Tuesday because I'm going to bed after we record the, the puncher step. Oh, what a man. The hangover is still there. Um, so, yeah, look, guys, as you know, we really appreciate TC does the question shout out each week and he always gets a really big response and a varied response as well. Keep them coming. Any topics, any random questions, fire them our way. We are here for it. Uh, boys, thank you, as always, for your contributions. We'll be back. I get to record later today with a few of you. Uh, all of you, Brendan, are you later? No. No, no, no. The listeners will be delighted to hear that the barber is in the shop. Dan Barber will be back for racing only better because we are looking at the big graded races from Punchestown. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, that was weighed in. Have a good week. Thank you very much for listening and watching as always.